0: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Technology in Sports, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the sports status quo with technology that changes how the games are played, managed, and enjoyed. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If I'm not going to say if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. I'm going to say if you want to skate with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. And that's a clue what we're going to be talking about today. I have a quote, probably one of the most famous sports quotes in the entire universe from Wayne Gretzky. Come on, Wayne Douglas Gretzky, a young man born in 1961. I get to say he's young. Canadian former professional ice hockey player and head coach. 20 seasons in the NHL for four teams from 1979. In 1999, named the Great One. Let's just leave it there. Here's the quote. Listen up. A good hockey player plays where the puck is. A great hockey player plays where the puck is going to be. So we are here on Game Changing Technology and Sports Radio, and I think you know where this one's going to go. Let's talk about what's happening on the ice. Coaching the fastest game on ice is not an easy thing. Where can the NHL turn for help? Well, we would like to think it's technology. So the NHL partnered with SAP to build the next generation of connections Connected athletes. Now, come on, if you listen to this series, it's been on the air with me for, I think, oh, a year, year and a half now, you will know that we're talking about connected connections, connected athletes, and players in many, many industries. So, what's the big deal in ice hockey? By supplying real time data insights and analytics, the players, the coaches, and the fans can see that it's better prepared. The performance is better. The data is coming when and where it counts. Specifically, the SAP NHL Co- coaching insights app for the iPad. That's interesting is one of many transformational innovations that bring fans closer to the action, whether you're in an arena whether you're watching it on TV, whether you're watching it on your mobile devices, you want to know what's going on. You want to see peak performance. You want to know that the coaches and the players know what's going on at the moment they need it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So our topic formally is technology hits the ice. Next generation NHL connected athletes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I have three experts on the topic. Wait till you hear what they have to say. This is an exciting topic. Whether you're in the NHL, and we might have some listeners who are, or whether you're just a fan and you love to watch the game. In a moment, we'll be hearing from Chris Foster, the Digital Business Development Lead at the NHL, Rob Bendel, Vice President of Orion Strategic Customers at SAP America, and Amy Schultz, Senior Director of Global Sponsorships at SAP. Welcome to my three esteemed panelists. We're going to ask the panelists to please introduce themselves just briefly. Just take about 90 seconds and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Chris Foster, NHL, you're up first. Hi, Chris. Hi, and thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this is a true pleasure. So Ditto I Ditto, I was gonna say the same to you. I'm I'm honored. So what do you do at the NHL?
2: So I've been with the league now for ten years. It's amazing. Time time flies. Yep. Uh, and my focus is really on digital strategy. So it's we have some amazing technology partners, really just uh, leaders of the industry, and Apple, and Google, and Amazon, and SAP, and it's how do we work with those partners to uh, improve the game itself on the ice, to mm-hmm. increase fan engagement, and uh, to provide insights to both our front office and, and, and our coaches on the benches. It, it's how do we use innovation uh, to improve the game itself.
1: Do you think this is something that the fans, they want to know more? Are you giving them what they want? Just just do a quick peek at what's actually happening, Chris. Are the fans saying, we want to know more about the statistics. We want to know about about the performance qualifications of the players. We want to know about the speed of the puck and the temperature of the ice. Are they clamoring for this information? What's fantastic about NHL
2: fans is, one, they're very tech savvy. So Mm. the expectation that we are using the latest innovation, that the latest technology, that expectation is already there. Our fans expect that, and they expect us to continually evolve and to continually innovate. What's also fantastic about NHL fans is they are very engaged. Um, they, they are diehard. They love their team. They love their players. Um, they love the sport itself, and they're always looking for more engagement, um, whether it's how can, if it's a second screen experience when they're watching on television, whether they can get more information from their phones if they're actually sitting in the arena itself. Um, and statistics play, play a big role in that. Um, statistics really are a component of storytelling. Um, our game is so fast and it's so fluid, and there's very few breaks in the action itself um, that we always look for ways to sort of increase the storytelling and in a fast experience and statistics give you that sort of deep dive, that, that deeper level. Um, and, and that's definitely an area that working with SAP and then working with our other partners that we'd look to maximize.
1: Very exciting. I will tell you that years ago, I, I'm in Durham, North Carolina now, but I was in New York for the past 32 years. And um, I, many years ago, a, a dear friend of mine, we dated for a couple of years and he had season tickets at the garden and we sat behind one of the goals, I think, in the second row. And I got to tell you how exciting it was. It was just great. And this was way before any of this technology was was coming into play, pun intended. So I remember it. I just couldn't. Follow the puck, Chris. I just had them. He'd say, look, there it goes. And i say, where? <laughs> where? And I remember that the wives of some of the players were there, and they were famous models. And people say, oh, look who's over on the other side. Look who's over sitting ringside. It, it was quite an event to go. It was very, very exciting. We are just delighted to have you on the show today. and Thank you for taking the time. I know I'm going to learn a lot from you. And now I'm going to move around the table to our second panelist, Rob Bendel at SAP. Rob, please introduce yourself. What do you do?
3: Well, thank you, Bonnie, for having me. I'm excited to talk about what I do for SAP. And I get to come to work um, on a day-to-day basis and work with some incredible organizations such as the National Hockey League. And we work together to figure out how we do cool and innovative things mm-hmm. uh, using technology for for their business. Uh, what made the NHL very special for me and, and super exciting is that I'm a lifelong hockey fan. I'm the person that watches the game or is in the arena, and I've been a season ticket holder to the Philadelphia Flyers for over 10 years now. So this was an amazing opportunity for me to work with a really amazing organization such as the NHL and took the, my passion for hockey and allowed me to blend in my um, work skills and, and background from a professional perspective. So it's been a really great opportunity to work with, Chris the NHL um, to do really cool and innovative things
1: thank you very much we're so pleased to have you also Rob and I know we're I'm going to learn a lot from you as well and Amy Schultz rounding out the panel Amy talk to me what do you do in in global sponsorships at SAP what's your focus
4: Absolutely. So I am responsible basically for the strategy and implementation of a bunch of different partnerships across our SAP portfolio. One of which being our strategic partner with the NHL. Um, and I work closely with Rob. So I am, while we um, sit down with the NHL and kick around ideas about how we were going to bring this life, this partnership to life. Um, I am the one that, that goes ahead and does that from uh, from an SAP standpoint. So. We are always on the lookout for for strategic partners and collaborative partners, and NHL has been a, has kind of been one of the leaders in the pack for us.
1: Amy, is your job exciting? Tell me the truth.
4: Exciting doesn't doesn't describe it. We it is dynamic. It is uh, never ending. Um, so it is the, the days um, all kind of blend together, but in a great way. Exciting is an understatement.
1: That's lovely, and I understand you played varsity basketball at Columbia. Yes. I did. I did.
4: Back in the day when I um, claimed to be an athlete. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: <much younger. laughs> I was younger. Are you listen, once an athlete always an athlete. Come on Amy, let, let's 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 be that's honest what I'm here. myself. There you go. We'll keep telling you that. Thank you. Now, uh, for those of you just tuning in for the first time on my shows, I always ask my guests to send me a quote that's not specifically about the topic, an inspirational quote, sometimes from a movie, from a song, from a well-known person, and then I ask them to relate it to the topic. So Chris Foster at the NHL has sent us a quote. Very beautiful quote from Coach Herb Brooks from the 2004 film Miracle. And let me give a little background here. When college coach Herb Brooks, paid by the one and only Kurt Russell, is hired to helm the night. That's not my words, It's Wikipedia. Or maybe IMDb. The 1980 U.S. men's Olympic hockey team, he brings a unique and brash style to the ice. I'm just going to leave it there. The film grossed $64.5 million. It won a Best Sports Movie SB Award, and it debuted on February 6, 2004. Here's the quote. Great moments are born from great opportunities. Chris, please relate the quote to what we're talking about today, Connected Athletes on the Ice.
2: Absolutely. And all of us, whether in our jobs, in our daily lives, there, there are those moments where circumstances are just right and something is presented to you. And it's up to all of us to take advantage of that opportunity uh, whether it's you know, 1980 in Lake Placid, when it's some American teenagers from New England and Minnesota were taking on the formidable uh, Russian Olympic team, um, and then one in which is arguably the greatest upset in the history of sports, um, and it's arguably the, the greatest moment in ice hockey itself. And so when we think about those opportunities, for me and, and my job and, and what we work on it's it 's one there 's an opportunity right now with the way the game is at the NHL. Uh, we have a brand new generation of players um, the, the game has never been faster uh, there 's just a, a level of skill that we really haven 't seen before. Um, the game is open uh, it 's fluid scoring is up. Um, it really has changed. Even you know, in my lifetime, in the last 15 years, um, it, it used to be that the game was a little bit more clogged up, a little bit mm-hmm. more checking and hitting. But but now we really have this beautiful game. And then in working in digital, I mean, as everyone knows, this is a moment really where where things are just changing so rapidly, um, just emerging technology um, in front of us, and what we're able to do on connecting athletes and player and puck tracking and and Putting devices on the bench, that this sort of confluence between what's going on in innovation and in this sort of this time being in this digital revolution, and then what is going on with our game, and then to be able to marry the two and to, to create opportunities from that um, and to create great moments from that. And so that's why I, I picked that quote.
1: I love the quote, and let me just ask you a question, Chris. Are the players excited about all this new technology? We're talking about them, connected athletes. Sounds like there's a banner on their jersey. I'm a connected athlete. Are they are they excited to be part of this this innovation, this, as you said, enthusiasm from the fans, from the coaches? So what do the players feel about all this?
2: Well, consider our players are, are you know, most of them are, you know, in their early to mid-20s. Um hmm they're early 30s, so the great majority of our players—they've grown up as digital natives. So the idea of you know, social media or just available broadband and being connected to the internet at all times, um, especially on their phone, like that's table stakes for them. They—they've just grown up with that, and so um, they have no hesitation when it comes to embracing technology. And and really, it's it's the enthusiasm of the players that is one of the main reasons that we can do some of the initiatives that we want to do.
1: Thank you, Chris. I knew you were going to say that. I just wanted to hear you say it. Thank you so much. Nice to know the age of the players, too. Rob Bendel, you're up next. And Rob has sent us a wonderful quote, a brief one, very, very punchy and motivational from Jim Valvano, James Thomas Anthony Valvano, 1946 to 93, nicknamed Jimmy V, American college basketball player, coach, and broadcaster. He won the 1983 at NC State. I'm in North Carolina now. The NC State, in 1983 national 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 title against improbable odds. He died from a particular form of glandular cancer and he gave a very famous speech. There's an Espy Award that includes the Jimmy V Award named in his honor. So here's the quote Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Amy has sent us a quote. Amy Schultz at SAP Sponsorships has sent us a quote from the Dalai Lama, the 14th Dalai Lama, uh, born in 1935. He does important work of the Gelug school, Gelug, G-E-L-U-G school, the newest school of Tibetan Buddhism, formerly headed by the Gandang Tripas. I'll just leave it there. Here's the quote. When you talk, you are only repeating what you already know, but if you listen You may learn something new, Amy. This is profound. Talk to me about why you selected the quote.
4: Um, Yes, profound and utterly simple, Um, and it's something that I think um, you know is it's key and is fundamental to solving kind of the next generation of of problems, right? And I think um, again, we all learned it in that game when we were kids of telephone that you if you didn't listen, you didn't meet with success, and I think. Um, especially when you look across collaborative partnerships, or really any relationship in general, if you're not listening and you're simply reinforcing what you know, um, you're never going to to learn anything new, and you're you're not going to evolve. So, I think this has been kind of, at least for me, something something key when it comes to working with um, different uh, partnerships in the space is. is um, if we're truly trying to help them solve authentic business challenges, we need to, to hone our listening skills so that we can really zero in on um, applying the technology that we have, um, emerging and
1: otherwise, to, to truly take them to the next level. Thank you very much, Amy. Who, who, to whom are we listening? Is this the players listening to the tech people? Is this the coaches listening to the players? Is this the league listening to the fans? Who are we listening
4: it's a combination of everything. I think, um, it, it, it is, uh, obviously with the relationship with the NHL, they, they know their, their fan base. They know their constituents, so their coaches, their players, and how we can, um, kind of help them cull through all the feedback and the conversations that they have and, and help take them to the next level is, is where we get to play in this fun space.
1: Thank you very much. Let's give one more try to Rob Bendel. Rob, are you here with us? I think we lost Rob. His line is just still connected, but we lost Rob. So I'm going to go around the table. We'll just have the two of you conversing with me, Chris Foster and Amy Schultz. So we've got plenty to talk about. Chris Foster, I have a couple of up-close-and-personal questions for you. Where are you calling from today? And what's your favorite drink that powers you in your important job at the NHL?
2: I'm uh, calling from New York City. Our NHL uh, headquarters is located in Midtown Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And, um, and on a hot day like this, I think just a big old large iced coffee with milk. That's, that's what gets me through. Um, and, uh, you know, it, I'm a big coffee drinker, but, you know, steamy New York day.
1: Nothing like a big old iced coffee. There you go. Do you have a special flavor to that coffee before you put the ice in it, Chris? Is it a a brand name? Is it something you brew yourself? Uh, Just give me a little more information. We'd love to know what flavor, what style of coffee. What do you put in it? You know, Bonnie, I'm I'm a traditionalist, and uh, (laughs) shout out to one of our partners. I'm I'm a Dunkin'
2: Donuts guy. And so I've I've got a routine and, and, um,
1: you know, simple pleasure that that I, I enjoy daily. Okay, well, nice to know. Thank you very much, and let's go to Amy Schultz. Amy, where are you today, and what's your favorite drink that powers you? Um, I am also in New York City, dialing in from the beautiful new Hudson Yards um, spread
4: on the west side. Um, my favorite drink, I'm going to take a slightly different approach than, than Chris. Coffee is, is important, but I'd say arguably my, uh, my favorite
1: is a nice big glass of Cabernet, um, as, mm. as, as oaky as possible. Okay, nice to know. And we're, we're still trying to get Rob back and no word from him. Um, okay. I'm in North Carolina. This is my second live show, an hour apart today. And guess what, Amy and Chris, they don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days. So all I'm having is water. It's not exactly exciting, but it's all I can have when I'm broadcasting so many hours a day. I'm here in Durham. I am a transplant from New York, Chris. I just moved here. Oh, we have Rob back. I'll go to you in a second, Rob. Uh, I moved here about a year and nine months ago, and I am just getting used to southern summers. I think we've been hitting about 100 to 101 degrees. Most afternoons for the past couple weeks, and summer started in May, so I'm getting used to what it's like. And I know, Chris, New York summers were pretty brutal. I grew up on Long Island, so I, I know what that's all about. So I have my water and I have my air conditioning, and that's it. We have Rob Bendel back. Rob, are you here with us? I am. Sorry about that. That's okay. I was just talking a few minutes ago, asking you to explain the Jim Valvano quote Don't give up, don't ever give up. You want to tell us why you picked that for our show, please?
3: Absolutely. Um, I'm a graduate of North Carolina State University where Jim was the head coach uh, in the 1980s. And I actually had the privilege of uh, being part of the athletic department that uh, Jim was leading at the time. So it has a special meaning to me. Um, But the reason I picked it for this uh, particular discussion is the fact that uh, with every innovation project, it typically starts with a dream. S- somebody has an idea to do something a little bit different or, in some cases, to do something significantly different. And it takes the hard work, dedication of a team, as well as the perseverance, which is what the quote really reflects upon, to make that dream a reality going forward. And we've been lucky enough, and I've been lucky enough, to work with people uh, such as Chris at the NHL that we've been able to come up with an idea And then seeing that idea turn into reality going forward.
1: Okay, good to know. I love the quote and uh, and where. Okay, North Carolina State. I'm in Durham, so you know where I am, right?
3: Exactly. Uh, We're in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina State's in Raleigh.
1: Okay, very very close. I'm learning that Raleigh and Durham and Cary, they're just all connected basically you say I'm going to carry okay that's 20 minutes in one direction going to Raleigh that's a mile point four from my house we're on the Durham Raleigh line off of Glenwood that's Route 70 you know where that is right absolutely Briar Creek yes I'm I'm near Briar Creek so there's a hometown so what's your favorite drink Rob we're just going to catch you up with the up close and personal part of the show what's your favorite drink and where exactly are you today
3: so I'm actually outside of Philadelphia uh, Pennsylvania um, and my favorite drink is a Rumbauer Chardonnay. And one of the reasons I picked that is number one, it's my wife's favorite drink to have. So when she's happy, you know, typically I'm happy. Um, but the other <laughs> reason I picked the, the, the drink is the fact that typically when we're open in a bottle of Rumbauer Chardonnay, it's to celebrate something significant from a life event perspective, uh, with family and friends. So it's usually, um, a special bottle of wine that, um, We mark, you know, life events as a family with that.
1: I just had to click that I'm over the age of 18, Rob, in order to (laughs) enter their website. I love when that happens on the air. Rombauer Vineyards. I'm looking at a 2017 Carnero Chardonnay. Is that close enough to what you enjoy?
3: Absolutely, and it's a great winery. Folks get an opportunity to get out into the Napa Valley area. It's really a a neat experience, beautiful location, and, and great wine.
1: I'm seeing here they started this in 1982. The Rombauer family made their first Chardonnay from the Carneros region where San Pablo Bay meets the southern end of Napa and Sonoma Valleys. Intense fruit flavors balanced by fresh acidity, and they've been doing this for three generations. Lovely. Thank you for the introduction to Rombauer. appreciate that. Okay, so I think we're all caught up now and we're going to take a quick break. The pause that refreshes, if you will, while we're talking today with Chris Foster at the NHL, Rob Bendel, and Amy Schultz at SAP. And our topic is exciting. Technology hits the ice. Next generation NHL connected athletes. We're going to be doing a much deeper dive into the topic and talking about exactly what is this technology? Where is it? What are the trends in fan engagement? What are the trends in analytics? And how exactly are they getting connected? So we'll talk about that. So don't even think of touching. Oh, you know, that mouse, that app, that dial, however you're listening. And we know you're listening all over the world because this is good stuff. We'll be right back. Aaron out.
0: The business community's first choice in internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Game-changing technology in sports brings you stories about how technology is the new MVP like the floating sensors on buoys to provide wind and tidal info for sailors, game apps for coaches to make decisions in an instant, and once-in-a-lifetime fan experiences that amaze on-site and on mobile devices. Technology is redefining how sports are watched, played, and managed. We'll dive into it all from the field of play to the back offices to learn what's new and what's next in the world of game-changing technology and sports. You're listening to Game Changing Technology in Sports, presented by SAP. You're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Game Changing Technology in Sports.
1: Here we are, and we are talking about exactly that topic of the day as technology hits the ice. Next generation NHL-connected athletes with three special guests. I have Chris Foster at the NHL, National Hockey League, Rob Bendel, and Amy Schultz at SAP. And I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to deep dive into our topic, and here's what Chris Foster at the NHL told me before the show. He said, what every professional sports league wants is competitive balance. They don't want teams that have more resources, to have better technology, that provides better access to data during a game. The goal is teams should have equal access. Let's talk about the NHL. Chris, why don't you bring us up to speed, please? Sure. So with the opportunity with with analytics and uh, data
2: analysis, um, the NHL, it's really in the last – say, five or so years that basically every team has brought on a data analyst, has um, dedicated resources in the front office to uh, understanding new metrics and and making both roster and and game decisions based on those analytics. So from the league, what we want to do is sort of create sort of the, the level playing field, at least the baseline so that all teams have, one, equal access to the data itself. So it doesn't become a case where certain teams that have more resources, they can have newer types of data, or or they can have access to to insights that other teams don't have. And so we want to create that sort of foundation and baseline for all the teams. And then what the teams do with it and how they make their decision-makings, that's their special sauce. That's mm-hmm. that's how they have their edge when it comes to you know, competing on the ice. We just want to make sure that all the teams have that, that equal foundation. Because, I mean, our game right now, it, it's really an epitome of, of competitive balance. And in the, in the playoffs, that we just saw the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2019, we, we saw basically upsets throughout the entire tournament. And um, we really have our... Every organization, we have 31 clubs. Like the mm-hmm. difference between the best team and the worst team is very slight. And so with every game, you don't know what's going to happen. And so it really teams, there is an onus on them to find that slight edge. Um, and in, in a lot of cases, it's by embracing an, analytics and enhancing their decision-making through that.
1: Thank you. I have a quick question for you, Chris, before we bring in Rob and then Amy to talk about this. What exactly are we talking about? Are we talking about sensors in the puck, in the the sticks? Are we talking about all kinds of cameras or IoT connectivity in the in the goal goalie area? Forgive me for not using the right terminology. Are we talking about cameras all over the the, the rink, um, catch, capturing the high speed of the puck? What kind of technology are we actually talking about here that's bringing these analytics?
2: Currently, and and you've asked a very good question. Thank Currently, you. Um, our scoring—it's traditional scoring that that basically we've had for the last fifteen or so years, where we have six official uh, scorers in the rafters, and they're viewing the game, and they're tracking events, and they're tracking the um, x, y coordinates of those events. And so, the analytics that are available are it's it's the same type of of information that you would get on NHL.com or Mm -hmm. in broadcast information. Um, But what we found as a league is uh, there was a pain point when it came to in-game coaching. Because when you think about it, you're on the bench itself. You've got a, a puck that can reach up to 100 miles per hour in front of you. Uh, if you've ever sat on a hockey bench in a game, it's a, it's a very crowded space, mm-hmm. and since there is, the game is so fast um, and there's very few breaks, there really was a pain point where coaches on the bench themselves didn't have access to the most up-to-date real-time information. I mean, they could look at the sort of jumbotron above them, but that really, the information that's presented there varies from building to building. I mean, they could bring notes and sort of have a crib sheet, but that doesn't update. And so getting in-game analytics to the coaches on the benches, uh, that became a, a big initiative for us. And that's one where we, we partnered with SAP and we partnered with Apple where we saw a solution that we could bring an application on a, a portable device such as an iPad so that coaches could track the in-game information, stuff like time on ice. When you think about it, every player goes on when they, they get off the bench, their, their sort of clock of the amount of time that they've spent on the ice is constantly in flux. Um, and you also have to manage a whole bench of skaters where all of them have different time on ice. So that was one of the, the main features of the Coaching Insights app, is being able to, to present that sort of crucial stat that is always refreshing in real time to give uh certain insights to coaches so they can make decisions as what is the next line that's going to go out, you know, which mm-hmm. players should I rest for the, the rest of the period? Which player can be double shifted now. It's really instant, um, quick decisions that they need certain insights to have and we've built a product that would deliver it to them.
1: Very interesting. Thank you very much. Let's go ahead and get Rob Bendel to comment on this. Rob, the technology, the idea of leveling the playing field or the ice, if you will, among teams. I love what Chris said that the difference is so small between the quote-unquote good teams and the bad teams. What's your thought on that, Rob?
3: Yeah, no, I fully embrace what Chris was saying there, and, and I'd add maybe a little bit of additional commentary there. Uh, one of the things that we worked really hard with the NHL and in individual coaches at the NHL is to try to figure out how to present that information in something that can be consumed in two to three seconds. As Chris mentioned, the uh, NHL coaching bench is a a very uh, narrow uh, location. It has the speed of the NHL game, as Chris mentioned, at 100 miles an hour, potentially with the puck, in the fact that there are very limited stoppages within an NHL game, uh, one of the key design criterias and the things that we worked with the NHL and worked with Apple as well as the SAP folks is to figure out how we prevent that information, all that good data, in a manner that a coach can look at it and within two to three seconds could make a decision um, on how we wanted to use that, that data. Uh, to me, that's one of the key balances here is that, There's lots of information that's out there. There's probably too much information that's out there to make quick decisions, and it was incumbent upon us working with the, you know, NHL coaches to figure out how to enable that on an iPad in a manner that they could, again, make a decision within, you know, three to four seconds.
1: Thank you very much. Amy Schultz, join us. Very interesting. I love the idea of three to four seconds. Is that fast enough, Amy? um absolutely
4: i i I think again, just to reiterate kind of chris's point the decisions are made so quickly, and it, there are you know a few coaches on that bench that are helping um with those those collaborative decisions so I think being able to provide both teams um, that are on the ice with equal kind of eleven level playing field so to speak um and then you know as as we look to 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 grow this um and the evolution of this product like how do we continue to, again, listen to what coaches need, what they're not getting enough of, alleviate pain points, um, and continue to make um, a better product um, on the ice?
1: Thank you very much. Okay, let's go back to Chris. This was your topic. Anything you'd like to add to what Rob and Amy added and enhanced your, your point of view there? What do you think?
2: Sure, Bonnie, and I think you touched on it in in your initial question. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's sort of where we are right now with with using the the official score uh, keepers, but there really is going to be a next generation of analytics, which is an important priority for the league, and that would be the introduction of player and puck tracking. So um, we're still in a a testing mode, um, and we're evaluating technology that's both sensor-based, so sort of an RF technology that's using radio frequencies, and also evaluating a camera-based technology as well. But what the goal would be is that now we have a completely new wealth of information um, that we can provide both our fans as part of a sort of storytelling experience and also information that we can give our clubs and our coaches uh, to enhance their decision-making Um, on the ice. And so by tracking the the puck and the players, we'll now know speed and speed of both the puck and the players, distance traveled. Um, And we can also create new statistics. Um, Passing is is a perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. Passing has become so important in our game and the only statistic we really have right now that's official is the assist, which was introduced in the 1920s. And uh, that doesn't tell you that much. An assist is, you know, you get credited if someone else scores. And so there's a lot of contingencies there. But with this new technology, we can derive uh, new statistics, such as, you know, a passing completion rate and um, other ways that we can really highlight instances of the game that uh, you might not be able to catch just through the naked eye, um, and also something like passing, which is now so integral and, and so important um, to both the strategy and the fluidity of the game that uh, we can find ways with this new player in puck tracking to, to really ampl- amplify what is going on the ice.
1: Thank you, Chris. Very interesting. I'm thinking back to my days as a guest at, at the garden, Madison Square Garden, and not being able to figure out where where the puck is, damn it. it, it is, are there any graphics or visualization tools? Uh, we talked about an, an iPad app. Uh, are there anything that will help a fan like me who can't see it moving that fast, who I could just look at something and see a little dotted line flying across the screen on my iPad? Is there anything like that yet? It's coming, and, and listen,
2: <laughs> I, I hear you. I, I know I'm, I'm biased, but I personally think that going to a professionalized hockey game live, there's nothing like it. I mean, when you, when yeah. the first time you go, the players are so much bigger than you expect them to be. Yes, they are. So much faster. Um, it is such a compelling uh, live experience, um, and it's really it's the speed of the game. Like it's just overwhelming how fast. Everything moves, um, which is one of the one of the best parts about it. It does provide a challenge because you know especially if you're watching on on television, the game is so fast that in some cases it, it's it's hard to keep up um, now with the the advent recently of h d television and and you know, giant widescreen televisions that's certainly helped It's definitely better than it was twenty five years ago um, but we know that we can, there's always room to enhance that. And so the introduction of this player and puck tracking uh, technology, that's one of the key initiatives is to really enhance the broadcast experience. Um, You know, one of the other challenges we have is as we've discussed, there's very few breaks. The action is continuous. You know, when you go on and off the ice, like there's no whistle. It's, you know, it's a constant rotation. Um, and so the broadcaster's a challenge to just even describe what's in front of you. Um, so how can we use this technology to sort of enhance the graphics, to give you sort of uh, more information that you might not be hearing from the announcers? Or are there visual mm-hmm. cues or, or visual representations yes. that can be composed from this new player and pub tracking information uh that help give you another layer? so you can understand and um, keep up with what's going on in front of you. Thank you.
1: And I have to tell you, Chris, I just Googled while you were talking – how do hockey fans follow the puck? And there's a post on Reddit from five years ago, and the person says, quick question for hockey fans, how do you follow the puck? I tried the search function, so forgive me, my question is, the puck moves so fast that by the time I realize what's happening, it's over, be it a goal, be it in a corner. Does everyone watch this game the same way, or do you always know where it is? How can I get better at knowing where it is with the exception of watching more games? And the answer, there's a very cute answer here, they did a paraphrase of my opening quote from Wayne, Gretzky, a good hockey fan watches where the puck is. A great hockey fan watches where the puck is going to be. Do you like that, Chris?
2: (laughs) And it's like that quote is so famous, and it's for a reason, because what happens, uh, there's so much happening away from the puck. Um, There's so much. And basically, you know, how the different lines, um, strategies that they have going into the game, um, placement of players. Uh, it's really, there, there's a lot of, when, when you look at the ice, especially, you know, if you're in a, a view that's you know, sort of over the top view, there's a lot of geometry there. You're always looking for triangles and looking for circles. And and basically, it's the positioning of the players uh, in relation to their teammates, in relation to the opposition team, and then also yep. in relation to where the puck will be. Uh, that, that's sort of like the next level understanding of our sport, and, and we're hoping that this, this player and puck tracking information uh, will help enhance the experience for fans.
1: Thank you. And somebody just said, I get closer to the TV. Okay. So thank you very much. I hope you forgive me for asking that question, but it's it's always been on my mind when it comes to hockey. Uh, Let's move on a little bit. Rob Bendel sent me some really interesting topics here in your notes before the show, Rob. And what's interesting to me is that you said technology is being used in locations that didn't have it before, dealing with environmental challenges. And you talk about even Active airport tarmacs, enabling the refueling of aircraft, maintenance of railroad bridges. I know we're not, it's not on the hockey topic specifically, but the concept of what the technology is doing. Do you want to just speak for a moment or two, Rob, please, on what your thoughts are on, on how the same technology is being used in other industries?
3: Absolutely. Um, as you, we've mentioned, uh, we've talked about the NHL putting this technology on, a, on an NHL bench But some of the things that I've had the opportunity to work on is working with the company that refuels a number of aircraft um, worldwide. And instead of previously where they had a paper-based system which would figure out and calculate how much fuel needs to be on an aircraft to do a particular route, um, what we've done is we've taken all that information and we've put it on an iPad-based solution so that when they're fueling the aircraft on the tarmac, it goes through it, makes sure that the appropriate calculations are made as far as the amount of uh, fuel that is required for that airplane. Um, And uh, further yet, it allows the technician to certify that they have um, put that amount of fuel into the aircraft, and that information is then stored and retained. Uh, previously, that, again, was a paper-based system where somebody needed to fill out paperwork. There was chance for error associated with that. And then there was a duplication in storage as far as certifying that information for that particular flight. Um, one of the other um, companies we've worked at has taken the iPad, and they've enabled their technicians to take the iPad out in the field to inspect railroad bridges as well as the railroad tracks themselves and they can document and photograph uh the state of the bridge at that particular point and they can document and uh, also photograph the specific repairs that are that are made on those bridges and if you think about you know some of the bridges especially in the western part of north america they're in very remote areas and this allows us to and allows them to have a documentation of what the bridge was as well as what has been done to Uh, address any deficiencies associated with the bridge or or track
1: going forward. Thank you very much. It's always good to – well, we talk about the blurring of industry lines all the time, Rob, and and it's always good to know that the technology is helping. For those of you who are not sports fans, the technology has great uses in other parts of the world. Thank you very much. I'm going to move on to something, an interesting reality check. Amy Schultz, in your notes, um, you say from the Gen X Gen Y, where it was all about the brand, to millennials, where it's all about the moment and sharing it with friends, to Gen Z, where it's about purpose. The concept of the fan base, their interests are shifting. And you talk about technology has made at-home viewing experience so good, thanks to high def, that attendance for live games was taking a hit, if you will. So How how does that get juxtaposed, Amy, from your professional experience and your point of view? How do they keep people going to the arena, to to the rink, if you will, that's what I I call it, uh, and not just sitting at home and saying, oh, that's really cool, I'm I'm sitting on my couch and watching hockey? So what's the answer for that, Amy?
4: Um, You know what? That's a great question. I I think we're all amidst um, those answering uh, those as we speak. So you know, when we when you look across the different generations and how they consumed whether it's hockey or any other sport, um, even TV for that matter, those those patterns are changing. So, how do we use technology um, at the forefront of solving the the problem of addressing what each consumer wants? Right? We have um, from if you look across uh, again, the, the high def experience has made TV viewing so phenomenal um, mm-hmm. that it is it's detracting away from. Getting in your car or getting on the train, going to a game, sitting in a seat, having to pay yep. for drinks, having to, but I think yep. the, the, what you miss out is you miss out on that, that environment, right? Like the mm-hmm. energy that is in the building. And so what can teams, leagues, how are they working with technology to break down those pain points? Um, reduce, you know, put the, put the power back into the fans hands, um, of enjoying the, the sport that they enjoy the most. Um, and so I think, from a marketing standpoint as well, it's all about how are we how are we engaging with each one of those audiences in a way that we're not alienating anyone. Um, and I think that's something that technology is starting to bring to the forefront is working together to again break down those those um, barriers that are keeping people from um, heading to the arena or heading to the field. Uh, and and it's, it's something that you know is a, a big conversation piece as you look to some of these new arenas and fields that are popping up all over the country. Um, it's, it's how are you talking to those millennials about, hey, here you get to come to this game and there's a great place to engage with your friends and have fun, but you're still watching the game. So it's it's a fun conversation, and I think it's something that you know will continue the dialogue between. Brands and, and teams and leagues, as far as how we can,
1: again, collaborate
4: to um, serve each one of their audience segments.
1: Thank you very much. And I, w- I was intrigued. I think Chris said a few minutes ago, Amy, that the age of the players—they're in their twenties—and there's probably a, uh, a charisma about that. There's probably a lot of fandom about who they are, and watching them, what they do, where they go, what they wear—is that part of it, Amy? Is that that uh, attraction to the players themselves that would keep fans wanting? I saw so and so on the ice. I was in the third row at Madison Square Garden. You won't believe this—is—is is that part of keeping them coming back to the arena when they? They want to actually see the people, not just the sport. What's your thought?
0: Oh,
4: absolutely. I think, I think the key um, element to you know, a lot of the players are incredible. I mean, I think hockey players, and I'm not, I'm not biased in this statement, kidding, um, but I think they are incredible athletes. You think about what football players do on a field, these guys are doing it on two inches of steel. And I think there is nothing that replaces um, being in the arena and seeing that live uh that is something that you know uh, we work with some of our other partners w- with with the NHL uh, but to bring these players to life off the ice as well so you get to see um kind of that full circle uh if you will of of the incredible talent that that it takes to be on the ice but then what's that what's that personality off the ice and these guys are 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 amazing
1: mm-hmm. um humans as well so. The stars, amazing humans, connected athletes. Chris, we're just about ready for our crystal ball prediction in just a minute and a half. But Chris Foster, what's your thought about keeping the fans coming? It's great to have apps. It's great to have connected mobile devices. It's great to be able to have somebody say, I'm watching live NHL hockey on my phone, on my iPad, on my whatever brand they're using, Android, iOS. But to actually keep that physical presence, what's your? do you agree or disagree with what Amy said? Well, I agree
2: with, I think Amy is bringing up a, a very good point, and I think in sports in general, that, you know, attendance, there there is a concern. There is that we, mm-hmm. I mean, the NHL, we're, we're actually lucky that our attendance is increasingly high, and I think it's just the uniqueness of our in-game experience. But other sports are are starting to see a dip, and, and a lot of it is just because it's so convenient at home to watch the game, you know, on both the, the TV experience or a second screen experience. Um but it's now using technology to, to really make the truly connected arena and stadium, um, that needs to be a priority. in uh, using technology, one, on just a logistics way, is how can a, a connected arena solve some of the, just the basic pain points of the, the game day experience, such as bathroom lines or concession lines mm-hmm. or you know, just bottlenecks getting in and out of the game? How can you use technology to improve mm-hmm. that? And then, how can you use it as to sort of promote content um, or to enhance the experience of the fans who are sitting in the seats? Whether it's building a, a, using AR to to give a, a special experience to people who are actually in the game, or, or or using other types of content that that really are sort of unique about the in-person experience. And we're we're getting through that point now where you know it used to be you go to an arena. And, 18,000 people all have their smartphone out and
4: mm-hmm. all of a sudden
2: there, there's no, broad, no broadband and, and no one has access. And and so with like newer generations um, of wireless and connectivity, we're going to be able to break through that. And then how do we maximize that to, to really improve the in-game uh, ad, ad venue fan experience?
1: Thank you. And I just looked up average attendance in an NHL game and here's what I found just quickly on Wikipedia. The NHL National Hot National Hockey League is one of the top attended professional sports in the world, as well as one of the top two attended indoor sports in average and total audience. As of the 2017-18 season, the NHL averaged 17,446 live spectators per game and 22,174,263 total for the season. There you go. So the numbers are good. I'm just going to give you each 30 seconds for your prediction because we're almost out of time. The puck is moving toward the clock, and i got to get us off the air soon. So Chris Foster of NHL, 30 seconds. What's your prediction? for the future of connected athletes and the nhl go ahead
2: well i think i'm talking about connected let's talk about the fans i think that Mm -hmm. you know the idea of this sort of connected home right now and i I think the piece of technology that we're all going to look back in about you know 10 years from now the way we look back at a vcr um is the remote control the idea that there's this you know, sort of clunky piece of you know, rubber and metal that we're all touching and has, in some <laughs> cases, we have different remote controls for different devices. I, I think that is a piece of technology that we're going to look back and laugh at, that we all used it. And whether it's going to be using our own, uh, it, whether it's voice recognition or using um, our mobile devices, the idea of this sort of like shared remote control, that's going to be a thing of the past.
1: Thank you. That was provocative. I didn't expect that. Rob Bendel, 30 seconds. See if you can keep to that time frame. Go ahead. What's your prediction, NHL?
3: Yeah, I see that the uh, introduction of technology with the NHL is only going to continue to accelerate, and you're going to see the game change from a coaching perspective with additional insights, you're going to see the game change from an officiating perspective where they're going to be able to make more precise calls on things such as questionable goals, as well as the fan engagement perspective where I believe you're going to be able to tailor your uh, viewing uh, uh, engagement of, of a game going forward. Do you want to see a lot of statistics? Do you want to see
1: this information and basically tailor that to the end user going forward? Thank you. Amy Schultz, 30 seconds. They're all yours. Go Go fast.
4: I am sticking with uh, the venue um, theme right now, and and I I think that in the future we're going to see something where you walk into your favorite NHL venue, and you may be a season ticket holder, and you've got an app that kind of directs you to the lines that are the shortest, the traffic, where where you can avoid the traffic, but you walk Mm -hmm. in, somebody knows you by name, they've got your favorite drink, you can sit down. I think it's all about to in, in, the experience. How are we how are we improving through technology the experience in venue um, to 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 truly stand out in the future.
1: I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you to my three special guests, and shout-out to Ryan Summers, S-O-M-E-R-S, if you're looking them up, Air Summers, S-O-M-E-R-S, on Twitter. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. It's been just really eye-opening and delightful talking to my three guests. So let me do my closing, and by the way, shout-out to our engineer extraordinaire who skates us on the ice back and forth getting our shows on the air and off on time at World Talk Radio, the business channel. Thank you, Aaron. So here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. I don't know what you wear on the – you don't have a seatbelt belt on the ice. We'll figure something out. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Chris Foster at the NHL. Thank you, Chris. Just like Rob Bindle at SAP. Thank you, Rob. And just like Amy Schultz at SAP. Thank you, Amy. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. I'll be back tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel with another episode of Technology Revolution, the future of now, talking about CBD. If you don't know what it is, you're going to find out. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Game Changing Technology in Sports presented by SAP, the best run SAP. Subscribe to Game Changing Technology in Sports on iTunes and catch up on previous episodes. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game changing week.